The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station. Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, back from my uh, sojourn, my siesta for the past couple of weeks in Mexico. Uh, it's been very nice. And now I'm glad to be back. Uh, and it looks Did like you I, know this I, was I happening? Timed it well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Did you uh, look and say, oh, maybe I won't go back right now? Uh, no, oh. I... I, I I thought now is the time to go back before President Trump decides, oh, my God, Mexico, this is the perfect time to truly close the borders and blame them for everything. I know so. you look blonde, but we're not letting you across the border. Is right, that, exactly. That your fear? Yeah. Just because you have a U.S. passport and have lived there your entire life does not make you – wait, yeah, anyway. So, so there's that. But I'm back, and uh, <clears throat> I'm joined tonight by Sue Timberlake, as hey you can hear, our puckish Republican. <laughs> Uh, and we're joined by uh, Stefan is running the board tonight for us. Beep, boop, beep. <laughs> also, our, he's our ex- executive producer. So yes, yes. <laughs> Came back for an encore. Unfortunately, uh, Jammer couldn't make it tonight, but, uh, you know, uh, I don't think he's got the coronavirus, so hopefully everything's okay. And we also have special guest uh, uh, Danny from Collateral Banter is back. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, geez. I, yeah, it's good to see you, man. Uh, yeah. Is wonderful. he here again? It's a wonderful hat. I, f- anyway. I, feel, I feel outnumbered. Yeah, <laughs> you know, boy, I know how to make friends. Bernie anyway, supporters and Democrats, and so if you'd things. like to, I'm an uh, independent. if independent, you'd like to talk sorry. to us, uh, let us know what you think of the show or how we're doing, uh, or ask us questions about things. You can get in touch with us uh, via email, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Uh, at civilpoliticsfm is the way to tweet at us. And Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio is how you find our community there. We do also have our own website, which is CivilPoliticsRadio.com, that has recordings of previous episodes of the show, uh, supplemental things, links to things we talk about and mention, and all kinds of good stuff like that. So please do play along. We'd uh, love to hear from you and stuff like that. So... So before we start talking about uh, the uh, uh, impending viral apocalypse, how about them elections, kids, huh? (laughs) Uh, Sue, do you want to start? Oh, uh, sorry. I was looking at Stefan. We were checking the mic. Um, (laughs) And and, And you're like, what? Bill Weld's not going anywhere. Oh, I know. They won't even mention his name. They never, they like, nobody said his name in any primary, even where he got, you know, like 10, 15% of the vote. He's just a non-entity. It's, it's astonishing he did, got 10 or 15% of the vote. With the blackout, yeah. That's a, Yeah, it's amazing what um, free media can do for you. Yeah. And that I think that probably really has helped Biden, because everything was all about his momentum. And, and Bernie won California. Or, or about and how, how, how about doomed it. he was, and now suddenly <laughs> he's not. Yeah, yeah, it's all the horse can, race. Can we just mention that he had <laughs> wait, no money, no organization. Hadn't visited no, some of the states. Hadn't visited some of the states. No expectation of, of doing anything in this primary. And all of a sudden, he is the front runner. Yeah. 
Had he even I, come to Massachusetts? I don't think no, he had. I don't no. think so. No. And Bloomberg, did you see the front of the New Yorker magazine? It's a very funny picture. Uh, it, no, I didn't. It's got Bloomberg on it, and he has sort of this look like a clown on his face, and he has a cigar that exploded, clearly, because he's covered with yeah, yeah. Um, sort of, you know, the smoke from an exploding cigar. Mm-hmm. And it's, what, he's 500 million? Yeah. Yeah, so it's what a. I mean, that used to be the thing. If you had money, that was the the. Hey, he got milk. delegates in American Samoa, so yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's very interesting. I mean, it sort of upended a lot of assumptions about people. But so, how far behind is Bernie? He's only like seventy delegates or something behind. He's I, not that far behind in terms of delegates, uh, but it's it's the trend lines that are <clears throat> people are looking at the the way. That, yeah, he won California, and that's big. And he came really close in Texas. But he he was like 10 points behind in Michigan, I think. Yeah. And got absolutely crushed. Like in, uh, uh, I think it was Mississippi, he... he, he, he oh, the black vote, right. Well, yeah. like Biden got 80% of the vote. Yeah. So... I thought... Biden was up by almost a hundred delegates. Is it a hundred? I, I, I haven't looked that, at the latest number because yeah. I forgot. But, but, but if yeah. that's true, given that the states allocate their delegates proportionally, yeah, then we don't, don't do it. Think, re- winner take all we don't style do winners, like the Republicans. Like the Republicans. Yeah. So because of that, I think it's going to be really hard for Bernie. It's not impossible. There's still competition. There's still a primary to be had. But you you got to say that. How much did he get the out of advantage. California? Because they had a lot. They had 500 delegates. And he there. got the lion's share, for sure. Yeah, but it didn't narrow it enough. What I do think is that we may, Biden may end up in a position that Bernie Sanders was looking at ending up in a couple of weeks ago, where he has the most delegates and the most votes, but is short of the 50% mark. Yeah, and so they have to go to a second round, which oh, which favors Biden, which favors Biden, but it also. <laughs> I think it 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 projects less unity, and it doesn't. It 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 projects. Um, I'm not sure a brokered convention is is favor is as favorable to Biden or to to whoever the front runner is as you know as they would like as as a as an outright victory. I very much agree, uh, and Biden has many weaknesses as a candidate. Oh Lord. Uh, there's a great uh, short piece by uh, Mehdi Hassan of The Intercept, actually, which I'll try and find a link to and throw up for our listeners. But he uh, uh, points out that in addition to Joe Biden making a bunch of mistakes and, you know, fumble mouth issues and whatnot, which, you know, he's had a stutter for a long time, but just he just tells lies. He just tells crazy lies sometimes. And, I, well, and I his record enhancements a little bit, right? You think they're lot lies? I, I think I I think he definitely was never arrested in South Africa. I think Nelson Mandela never said thank you for getting arrested in South Africa to him. <laughs> I think he definitely was not uh, the son of a Welsh coal miner. <laughs> uh, I mean, do, 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 I, I, Shall I can I go, go on. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like this guy tells crazy stories that aren't true. When he ran the first time for president, wasn't it a plagiarism? Thing? Eighty-eight. Yeah, that's 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 the Welsh coal miner thing. Yeah. Neil Kinnock. Yeah. He told the story. He told uh, uh, stories about his childhood that were actually Neil Kinnock's stories. Oh, oh my goodness. Yeah, you probably don't remember that, uh, uh, but Danny, because like I, you know, you're younger I, than I. I was four. But, right. But I, 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 I have been able to to read in history books, and and I know that there was a 
a plagiarism accusation yeah. and he had to drop out. He is yeah. a awful campaigner. Yeah. Like he, I don't has he ever won a primary prior to this year? Nope. Okay. Well, I mean, not not presidential. Not I mean, presidential primary. He yeah. went to the yeah. Senate. He went to the Senate. Senate in Delaware. You know, yeah. from the huge, pop, diverse state of Delaware. Yeah. Um, uh, he's also been called the senator from MBNA uh, many times over his career. Well, you wonder if right the bankruptcy bill alone. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is this. And I Anita think Hill, is, the whole that, oh, those hearings. And, you really? I mean, a, there's three things. There's one his his current state of mind. You can. There's you, you can argue over to you know whether it's full blown dementia, but it's certainly uh, mentally. I think there are clear signs that things are not looking great upstairs. There's, there's a great um, uh, again. I'll I'll see if I can I can link to it because I I posted it on my Facebook. There are some clips of him debating uh, with Hillary and uh, Governor Menendez of uh, New Mexico and some other people in 2008 talking about health care reform and. Biden is just much more. Governor Richardson, maybe. Yeah, sorry, Rich- Ellie, that's yeah, Richardson. Yeah. Richardson. Yeah. yeah, Richardson. Sorry. Yeah. yeah. Uh, thank you. Uh, but and he was much more sharp. Yeah. 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 Clearly. Even 2012, if you uh, look back at the uh, VP debate with uh, t- uh, Paul Ryan. Uh, Paul Ryan. Oh, that, that one. Yeah. one. He's still. I mean, he's he's still much quicker on his feet. And I think that um, somebody there was a. Um, I don't know if it was a poll or if if it was during like exit interviews in South Carolina. A lot of voters believed voting for Biden that he was in favor of Medicare for all, which he is emphatically not. He's very much on record. He's not in. In fact, he's in fact he's stated that you know there are parts of the current uh, Affordable Care Act, aka Obamacare, that he would be he would be open to repealing if if it came to it, if there was a budget crunch. So he's actually behind the curve. But uh, that speaks to and how he said little he'd, he'd vote he'd veto a Medicare for All bill if it crossed his desk as president, right? Passing Congress. Um, but mm-hmm. that speaks to how little I think his record has actually been examined because he's kind of uh, the primary. All the oxygen got taken up by Bernie Warren. Buddha judge, basically everybody else in the field. Biden was treated like a Bloomberg. bit of an afterthought. Bloomberg, yeah. and so I think he he is kind of he's in this improbable position of, as you said, despite a lack of, of funding and on the ground organizing, he's he's ended up becoming the consensus choice. I suspect because a lot of people don't really know that much about him, other than that he's kind of Obama's veep. And Obama liked him. Yeah. And Obama yeah. liked him. Yeah. Um. Have you seen how red his nose is the last two or three days? No, it looks like he has a cold or something. If you Uh-oh. look at look at the well, pres- this is the other question. He's it's an like- older Irish Irish guy. I mean, you know, red nose. Just we all know what that's. No, about. I mean, it looks like a cold. I mean, it really does look like he has like in those commercials for cold remedies. Mm-hmm. It looks, like, you know, when they do it too red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks yeah. like he he's had so, a. Danny, you were gonna say? No, I was just Sorry. gonna say the Democratic voters seem to believe or convince themselves that he is the strongest candidate to defeat Donald Trump. And if if that is the belief, then that's what we saw in Michigan, because I saw, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that Bernie Sanders got the same number of votes that he did back in 2016, and maybe 7,000 more than he got in 2016. And yet he still, this time, he lost Michigan right. by, what, 18 points or something like that? Just in the I thought it was only 10. But 10, sorry, 10. But, but either way. Double digits. He, but double digits. And it was a record turnout in Michigan. And, and I'm not saying that. Maybe old that, farts like me came out who were Democrats. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. It, could, it could be. It's I, like well, a, and a Sue, 
I think you know what else is going on that nobody's talking about is anecdotally, I think a lot of Republicans. Uh, never Trump Republicans are crossing yes. over and Bi- they see Biden as being, you know, he's Not still so a Democrat, but he's cl- he's He'll more conservative. The banks and, and Wall yeah. Street. Yeah. I do you, th- you know. do you think do you think Elizabeth Warren will endorse him? I think he's antithetical to a lot of her. I think she will. Beliefs. You think she will? <coughs> I think she around. because it'll be a uni- the 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 it'll pressure to unify around this candidate to defeat Trump is whoever I mean whoever it was if it was Bernie it'd be a different story but the pressure to unify is going to be intense. Well, I think I think she'll she'll back whoever the nominee is and it's at this point it's it's very likely going to be Joe Biden. So, yeah, I suspect that she'll back whoever it is, but I don't know that she'll do it before you know, Bernie concedes, you know, I, I do think, I do think that, um, uh, I think Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren, much as I prefer them, I think they might want to consider the virtue of, uh, selling out and there's never a better time to sell out than to sell out early. When you can maximize the leverage, when you you have the most to give away, and because I'm sorry, I'm laughing. But, it's just so interesting. I know, but <laughs> but the only one that would do that is Warren, not Bernie. Like uh, Warren, I think would accept that if she gets the VP pick, then maybe there's a deal to be struck. If I was Bernie, a, isn't going to be the I mean, VP. conceivably, well, that's true. But if I were Elizabeth Warren, I wouldn't hold out for VP. I mean, admittedly, I'm not Elizabeth Warren. I'd like Warren. to see her in the. I would hold out Senate. for Senate leader. I would say, no, no, you will make this happen now. Schumer, Schumer needs to go. Yeah. It, like, like Schumer is out. Of course, now. I'm saying that as a Republican. So. I know. Well, I, but, <laughs> but Chuck Schumer is weak tea. Sorry, guys. He no, he's, no, he's really weak tea. I, you know, it would be like Elizabeth Warren would say, "I will strongly back you and campaign for you," but. You know, the party leadership will shift and and make me, you know, acknowledge me as our leader in the Senate now. Well, that would be fun. That would. <laughs> but, but I mean, that would be worth doing. If I were her, I would take the VP. How about um, Treasury? It's Joe Biden. I, I'm, I'm aware, <laughs> but I don't I don't think they're I don't think they're they'd offer her the VP. Oh, they better. She'd upstage no, I think him. I think it's going to be it's going to be somebody who's yeah. definably who's noticeably younger. I think it might be Buttigieg. Oh um, yeah, it might be. But I, although he's two, another white guy, guys, like yeah, they, no. they need they need a they need a woman slash and or a person of color, color. on the yeah, ticket. Can exactly. I tell you guys since you're all much younger that it's time for you to take over? <laughs> uh, you're <laughs> telling you're telling me <laughs> working like, on it. Oh man, I can't. Yeah, the ge- I have to say the general. Did you see the exit polls from Michigan? Bernie Sanders getting like. 80 percent a huge number of under, under 40 yeah under 40 under, even yeah but, but yeah. how what but they didn't turn that? out yeah this so is the problem so the turnout was only 30 percent okay of younger than 35 or 40 i think it was what does it take older, for somebody under 40 to vote it's inexcusable well did you see the lines in lansing michigan okay. somebody just took their phone and they walked the whole and it, it was just and it, they sped up the video and still they're going <laughs> Down the stairs, out the hall, out of the building, because they closed. You know, they had one poll polling station open for a city of what, fifty? I mean, here in Northampton, thirty thousand. We had like four polling stations open. They had one polling station open. Yeah, that's inexcusable. And well, that's Republican rule for rule. you. Well, no, well, this Democrats is the Democratic Party yes, running the this. Democratic Party. So I don't, I, I don't think you can. I don't think you. <laughs> oh, can really? Put this the, the, on I didn't the, realize the Democratic Party was controlling the polling stations because this is Michigan's an been a, thing, right? Well, yeah. no, but it's if it's a state election, it's run by the state, 
And the state of Michigan has been run by the Republicans for a while. That's one of the reasons wow. why things, why why people were dying and being poisoned but in the Flint. Board, well, the that's board true. of registrars yeah. are always one of each, and then somebody else. I forget how it works, yeah. but they're the people that decide those. That's things are different. Right. I'll have to check on that because yeah. you may be right. The governors are Democrats, but I don't know how the state. The governor, I think, is a Democrat now, but yeah. wasn't until quite recently. Until recently, yeah, that's yeah. true. Um, but, <clears throat> but this keeps happening. Somebody made the point that like the UN needs to start <laughs> sending Monitoring sending our monitors to into our they primary and general elections. Twenty years ago, but, yeah. but will they send Jimmy Carter? He's the best. Jimmy Jimmy Carter. <laughs> well, was like <laughs> that was the other thing. Is like you know he still has another term that he could run, it's like, <laughs> and he'll be a hundred, I think. <laughs> Uh, at, shortly, at least he admitted that he doesn't think he could do the job now. That it's just too much. That, yeah. you know, he was a young man when he was president. So, and 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 remember, he had a brain tumor within the past couple of years. But so. he builds houses still. I mean, he is a very vigorous guy, comparatively for a guy in 90? his nineties. Sure, yeah. yeah, and I'd pick him over Trump, but still. Um, I would pick that chair over there over <laughs> Trump. Okay, chair's not old enough. No, no, um, so no. Is it a? It was it born here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but uh, I, th point. yeah, all these are good points. Well, I think the wood might be. But anyway, um, <laughs> I, I, I think the thing to remember, and you know, I mean, obviously, sellout is is loaded language. But the thing to consider is elections are a few different things. You know, they're job interviews, they're popularity contests, they're they're very simple, like. Which do you prefer, you know, Coke or Pepsi? You know, like like two similar things, but which one are you going to pick? You know, and you, there are all kinds of reasons for that. But also, elections are about it's about choosing people for jobs, but it's also about choosing positions. It's about making decisions about where do we go from here. What are our priorities? And part of the problem with our electoral system is it, it's this simple you know, switch flick choice with all these different variables and meanings and repercussions to them. So if you're the Democrats, and I can tell, and, and I, I am, I'm one of them, uh, I personally think Elizabeth Warren was the best choice, but Bernie Sanders is a better choice uh, in terms of picking somebody to actually do the job than Joe Biden. But it doesn't seem like a lot of my fellow Democrats feel the same way. But the other thing to consider is, okay, well, why would I want Bernie Sanders? More than anything, I like his platform. And selling out now, throwing in the towel, and negotiating some kind of compromise, this is the, the time to get maximal leverage for what his position is. And being able to say, to, and also being able to sell to his followers, you know, fine, it's not going to be me, but the things we care about, we're going to be able to get them done because we have the leverage to do this and it's you know we've we've gotten these these public concessions and commitments to do that that's why i'm like you know hey sell off you know sure sell out if you can become senate leader now yeah. kind of thing see i have a slightly different take on how people make decisions about who they choose sure and, and here's my here's a theory and i and i didn't come up with this i, I read it in a book called democracy for realists they argue that people oftentimes don't make, the average voter doesn't make decisions based on platforms. Oh, yeah. They base it off a whole bunch of 
characteristics and how people make them feel and who they are and absolutely and I just think popularity contest, popularity yeah. contest and it exact that's exactly how people get elected like student body president in high school it's a popularity contest there's no real competition there right and i feel like that's that's okay so if bernie were to sell out I think that would lose his appeal to a lot of the young activists who are willing to work really hard and get paid almost nothing for the work they do. I agree. And and I you're right, I think in a in a in a real politic way, like you have to make that compromise. But would people really be willing to compromise on universal single payer? And I think the answer is no. And the elites have drawn a line and said that alone is just too much for us to risk on Bernie. And I really think that that one issue um, is what the elite are able to use against Bernie to say, you see, his ideas are just too crazy. And I think maybe if I could take your analogy a little bit and say, what if he was willing to compromise just on that and to say, okay, we don't need to follow the Canadian model for universal health care, but we will cover everybody in a model that's like more like Switzerland, Germany, or something like that, but still have everything else he's fighting for. That way he's not compromising everything, but he's just willing to give them a like, yes, healthcare is a lot. And instead of us costing 25 trillion, it will cost us 15 trillion. And this is how we'll pay for it. I don't know. It's just an idea. See, I'd go, if I was Bernie, I'd go right to the convention and, and negotiate there. I think that's when you have the most power rather than doing it. <clears throat> well, also, like, what it, is, is there an appetite to really negotiate? Nope. I, from my I perspective, so. that's a good point. The bad blood between the sort of, I guess you could say, the Sanders and Warren, frankly, wing of the party and the Democratic leadership and the kind of centrist. You know, they sort don't trust of, each other. It's really, it, if anything, it's even worse than last time, and that's saying something. I mean, d- taking away the sort of Hillary versus Bernie thing, I think the institutional bad blood. I mean, I'm it's seeing a generational what, gap. It's, it's, it's a chasm. It's it what, a generational. Yeah, gap. but and what will bring like, them together? Because they must come together at some point. At that well, they have to. Yeah, right. Well, and we, so that's when the <laughs> negotiations will happen. Well, we all hate. We all. Uh, uh, despise and and f- Trump and fear another four years of Republican rule. So I mean, you know, I, and that the, should the plague be on to both scare. their houses approach. It feels good, but the, the the reality is we have to start somewhere. Well, yeah, but is that going to be leverage Biden? enough? Because here's the thing: you, sorry, Sue, um, you have to be able if 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 Trump is going to be the unifying factor, you have to rely on a. You have to assume that the group of voters who hate, like, hate Trump, can't stand him, just will vote for literally anybody to get him out of office is going to be enough to carry you over the line. I don't actually think that's enough. I think you've got to be able to pull together a bigger coalition I of independents. and people to people, support yeah. whatever that platform is for the Democrats. I mean, they have to, they have to think they've been hurt and been accommodated. Well, they need an identity. Yeah. They need an identity that, to run on that isn't, we're kicking Trump out. And I really think that that's the problem is they haven't, they've had four years to do that and we're still not at a point where the party can agree. Well, and I agree with you, but at the same time, it's clear that for a lot of voters, like, well, all right, who can, who can kick Trump out is, is the the primary yardstick they've used. And that's, do you think people will show up to vote on that alone? I hope so. Well, here's the, here's the thing. I think one positive factor and, and I, I agree with you like like as my friend Pete put it you know 
Trump has been spent the past half a century being like the catty 14 year old girl in junior high. Oh, he's loving, you this. know, like, like, he's like loving this. you know, he's, he's a professional mean girl. <laughs> oh, that's so, funny. I hadn't heard You can tell before. it with his tweets. He's, he's in the catbird seat right now. Yeah, right. But, I, but, but so, but like that kind of like, you know, that kind of like high school gossipy, you know, uh, uh, bickering, mean girl stuff trashing that, people yeah. yeah that that that's his that's what he does that's that's kind of all he's ever been so yeah you know like trying to take him on in that respect is is possibly folly but Maybe I, he's a fragile ex after all yeah but i do think it's worth noting that there is one important thing that is different now from 2016 which is quite simply four years ago Many, many people went out and voted for, uh, uh, for Hillary Clinton because they quite rightly despised Donald Trump. Me. And many, many people went out and voted for Donald Trump because, thanks to Fox News and all kinds of nonsense for the past three, 30 years— And the Russians. <laughs> They—but for the past 30 years, there's been nothing but trash about Hillary Clinton from a lot of right-wing media. And so there's a huge number of people in this country who don't trust her, who don't like her, who think she, you know, she's the most corrupt candidate we've ever had, that kind of thing. And so a lot of people turned out to vote against her. And people just don't have this kind of loathing for Joe Biden baked in. Some of us do. Sure, some of you do. <laughs> Anybody who believes I'm not a Anita fan. Hill. Oh, I believe Anita Hill, too. I'm not a fan of Joe Biden. Or credit cards but there that are, rob you. And... But there are a ton of people who don't like Hillary Clinton because she's an uppity woman, basically. Yeah. And Joe Biden is not. Can I tell you? I... It's, uh, it's Uncle Joe. You know, in a, and, you know, the whole, like, you know, how could Trump have, have succeeded upward as a mediocre white dude for so long? Well, you know... That's a good question, but guess who else is a mediocre white dude who's failed up? Well, did so you, I mean, you know, like, did you see like that? that's that's sort of balancing out. <laughs> hey, hey, we've got our own. <laughs> yeah. Look, all I'm saying is, you know, those of us who are part of that group, we can smell our own. Did you see the piece that was circulating about? Um, it was a, a black leader who was saying why they support Joe Biden. I, it kind of circulated on our email, and it was basically the argument was that Joe Biden had, you know taken his spurs and taken him off and basically been the wingman for for Obama without upstaging him, without behaving badly, and that they valued that as being somebody who was actually trustworthy. I thought that was an interesting argument that he could be second, he could play right. second. Well, film. there's also, there's another... After 30 years in the Senate or yeah. 40 years. That's true. There's another thing here, I think, and admittedly, you know, white guy talking about black politics, so take it for what you will. But this is something I think that gets ignored is that Black voters are very strategic about, in general, in my experience, about how they support white politicians because they're used to supporting white politicians. Because you, only give you them need to do loaf. that yeah. to build to build power if you're if you're a black political leader. They set their bars um, low. You're saying. Well, it's not just that they they go for candidates who they think other white voters will go for. <laughs> and if I don't know yeah. if you remember, we'll give power back. Well, we'll, well because them. they want they want to back a winning horse. Yeah. You know, you you want if you're if you're 13 percent of the population, which is the population of, of black people in America, you need to you need to build a coalition. You can't do it all on your own. 
outside of a few, you know, areas where you're in the majority. So you, you got to find, so, and, and especially a lot of black voters are, if you're older, you have an idea of what a, a white voter is going to want and not want. And this factored in, I don't know how many of you remember the, um, the VP pick for Obama after he was nominated in 08 was very contentious because there was a lot riding on it because at that time he was, he still hadn't been elected. There was still this question of like, is it, is is elect is putting a black guy on the head? Is that going to be too much? Like, is that going to doesn't have any foreign policy? Well, How's right, going to fill policy. that and in, right? that's what Biden was there for. He yeah. was there to be the kind he, of conservative white working class voter he, to shore even, up that end of things. And even after know? Joe Biden made the statement that Obama was a uh, clean as a whistle, clean yeah, and articulate, and clean yeah. and articulate, yes, which was some coded language. Right, that he used, and it, and I remember that was a, that was in ga- another gaffe of his, and he's been making gaffes since since forever. Well, it, but it, it did help that John McCain picked Sarah Palin, which blew up the whole idea about like experience well, right. and sensibility. The Republicans yeah. weren't going to win, especially after the way it, the Iraq War was going, and after the 2008 economic crisis, as it was melting down, and the government was having to well, that's true, a massive intervention to save the global economy. <laughs> I just want to put this out in the record that I think the date was September. 17th and the two the head of the federal reserve and the treasury secretary went and told went and told pelosi that hey either you bail out the system or there won't be an economy come monday so right i i just at that point i don't see how the democrats could lose that but i don't know i mean well also i have a lot of faith in the abilities of the democrats (laughs) when we get to the coronavirus hindsight is 2020 but yeah we do have to take a break in in a couple of minutes but when we talk about that sort of make that comparison yeah 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 it's absolutely a great transition but sorry stefan finish your should we do that finish whatever silly observation you're making i mean okay well (laughs) i think that as i was saying i think that that is part of the sue i think what you said is right that like He's he and Obama played well together, and that shone very well on him as a you know as somebody who, who could play second who fiddle could play to, yeah, to you know who's, to the black community. Experience and he didn't undermine him. He didn't right. Know, he did, wasn't tricky at all. He was a loyal surrogate. He you know? was a loyal um, surrogate. But I think it's also I think especially if if you're like uh, you know say uh, you know sixty seven year old black woman, and you're active in your community and you're politically active, you look at Joe Biden, you say. That's a guy who can beat Trump because I think, like, you know, the kind of leery, you know, yeah. country white folks who, you know, wouldn't maybe didn't come out for Obama and Clinton, they'll come out for him. I can see that calculus, but I think they're wrong about that. I, I don't think that holds true because I think things are changing and I think the electoral capital I, I, th- I think betting against the, the wisdom of the black electorate to accurately gauge the uh, racist stupidity of the white electorate, <clears throat> looking in the mirror myself, um, you know, I, 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 I don't think it's wise to bet against them. And I think, you know, rem- remember, like the big argument for vote for Bernie, because he's going to bring out all kinds of people who haven't voted before. And in particular, he's going to be bringing out like the youth vote. And it hasn't happened. Yeah, not in the percentages. So not enough. Yeah. Well, what about the, lit- well, what did General want me to say? Lit- Latinx? I say the Latina. Latinx, uh, yeah, uh, but I say Latina because of my sure family. But anyway, um, 
you know, what are they what are they going to do? If we're going to do stereotypes of whole swaths of people because their color of their skin, they always their get. Language. You notice <laughs> how how they get ignored. Yeah. But the Latin when vote has, has turned huge. out for Bernie in a big way. It, it has, and, that, and nobody California. talks about. Uh, all I this, this so Bernie, Bernie, you know, you hear this, and it's, you see it on cryons in the news, oh, where, you know, Bernie for, fails with people of color. Well, no. some people of color, <laughs> yeah. other people of color don't. Not, we're not talking fun. about a monolith yeah. here, you know? Yeah. Although Florida's so. tough now because of what he said about Castro, maybe. But Florida's, Florida's very... Well, again, the Latino yeah. community is not a monolith. Cubans yeah. in Florida... He's right. vote he's differently been, than Mexican-Americans. Poorly in Florida, last I heard. But yeah. I'm sorry. What else yeah. were you saying? That was it. I was just. I just wanted to sort of highlight that we're just making these broad generalizations. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's well. That's fun. It's that's what we do here. On this. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm representing old old farts of you know oh, Republican no. stripes. But I mean, what, when you have an electorate that's what about 200 million people. You kind of do have to start generalizing. It's right. hard to take everyone as a true individual. I mean, which we are. But I mean, a even as individuals, we do sort of like have commonalities and 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 follow patterns and 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 to some extent even stereotypes. But also, like, there's 200 million people. You do have to start sort of saying, all right, well, those people all seem to sort of vote in a certain way. So you know, otherwise, you just go mad. Well, right. Should we uh, do the needful for yes. uh, breaking and <laughs> let us keep the FCC happy? We're going to take a short break while we play PSAs, promos, and station IDs. And then we'll be back with more civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. It's important to make sure your family has a plan in case of an emergency. We talked to this family to see if each of them knew where to meet if they were not together when something happened. If a natural disaster happened and we were outside the home, we would all meet at the park. That's our meeting point. I meet with our neighbor's house because she is my mom's good friend. We all have a meeting spot, which is a bus stop. Is your plan any better? To learn more about making an emergency plan for your family, go to www.mass.gov slash MEMA. Brought to you by the Ready Massachusetts U.S. Department of Homeland Security and the Ad Council. I never get the flu. My kids don't need more shots. I don't have time. We're all healthy. My asthma's under control. I'm pregnant. I've had the flu. It's not a big deal. My kids are too old the for flu. The media is exaggerated. I can fight it naturally. No matter how you build your excuses, the flu can blow your house down. Keep your foundation strong. Vaccinate. Learn more at flu.gov. A message from the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services. Table of Contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres, and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in a CD or tape player. Each week presenting shows which can at times be organized orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much so, yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights, 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP, Northampton 103.3 FM. This is Betty White. I know you don't need one more thing to worry about, but listen. High blood pressure can cause kidney damage, blindness, heart attack, stroke. And you can have high blood pressure even if you feel all right. One in seven adults has it, but it's easy to get your blood pressure checked, and you can treat it if it is too high. So don't worry about it. Don't ignore it. Just see your doctor and check it out. For your free booklet, visit the Will Rogers Institute at wrinstitute.org and find us on Facebook and Twitter. The Lilly Library is filled with adventure and wonder for kids and adults of all ages. 
Lilly Library in downtown Florence lends books and movies to everyone. They offer free parking, free Wi-Fi, and two-hour sessions on Internet-connected computers. They also offer extensive programs for children, including story hours, clubs, and activities for teens, as well as adult programs. The library is open Tuesday and Thursday evenings, Saturdays and Sundays. Find out more at lillylibrary.org. And we are back with Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. So we've been continuing to argue about uh, 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 candidates and so forth. The Titanic while you were up there. Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Um, All right. Well, so I think we do want to pivot to at least briefly uh, taking up the rest of the show talking about COVID-19. Not equivalent to the Titanic, though. That wasn't what we were talking about. Well, so the reason that that came up at all is uh, I think in some ways uh, a problem I have, I think think a real issue with Joe Biden, I think— However electable he is, even though I do think he's better choice than Trump, um, a big a big reason why I think his candidacy is problematic is a larger sort of thing that's baked in the cake in, of American politics right now, which is that I think Joe Biden is comparable to uh, Captain John Smith, the one and only captain of the RMS Titanic. And I mean, you know, the Titanic is has all kinds of things that come to mind for people <clears throat> and which may or may not be appropriate especially in a uh, uh, as we head into a new fun global crisis of the COVID-19 pandemic but the problem with John Smith uh, in captaining the Titanic was that he'd had decades of experience rising up through the ranks to, to commanding ships for I think 15 or 20 years by that point but and, and the Titanic was like seriously like he was gonna retire at the end of the trip, <laughs> you know, like like that old movie trope. In that case, it was true. He was really about to retire. It was his it was his final swan song, his final trip. Oh, so you're comparing him to Biden? Uh, in this in that, res- well, in no, that no. Too? In this in this respect, uh, John Smith had had tons of experience captaining ships, but he'd never been in a disaster at sea, so he didn't. He didn't have a lot of relevant experience for how to handle things once things actually were suddenly in a crisis. But more to the point, his experience in commanding ships were all ships that were much smaller than the Titanic. They just there were different issues that came up with a ship that massive, uh, which I'm not going to go into right now. But but, you know, when all you're used to, you know, it'd be like, well, I've been governor of you know, uh, uh, Vermont. So of course I know everything about how to run, uh, a government. And it's like, no, you don't know how to handle, you know, something the size of the United States necessarily because your experience is just not comparable. But uh, so the, 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 the point of that is like we face, you know, our ongoing climate crisis, the need to transform our, uh, our energy economy, uh, not to mention we do have a problem with our healthcare system, which is only going to be more and more glaringly obvious because of the COVID-19 uh, epidemic. And, Sue, you've, you've clipped a bunch of things that they're worth mentioning, um, you know, uh, uh, how we're uh, – there's a shortage of test kits and we're closing down. You know, Boston Marathon's being postponed till September – uh, the opening of uh, uh, spring training for baseball has been suspended, and opening day is going to be pushed back a while. The NBA suspended the rest of their season, as has the National Hockey League. Uh, Broadway's closed. Disney parks are closing. 
all, all you and know. Stacy before us did a really good job on the science. Um, Danny and I were talking about that. Um, oh yeah, that she did a really good job on the science of it and why it's necessary to bring down the peak. It's just sort of a capacity issue for the hospitals and stuff. Right, mm-hmm. so, right. But yeah, it's it's an interesting time for all these changes. Right. right. But anyway, I just didn't want to go over the science again of because Stacy did such a good job of it. Oh sure, so. yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> but it is. Uh, it's worth noting that one of the reasons why we're uh, potentially facing a serious crisis right now, the United States. I mean, it's 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 a it's a danger, and it could become a catastrophe if Trump we fired don't. the pandemic team. Is that the right? Word? Two years ago, yeah. I mean, that's part of it. And the CDC he denied that right today. <laughs> of course, he did. Or yeah, I heard her on uh, C-SPAN, the woman who actually was running it. I didn't hear the whole thing because I had to go do something. But yeah, she was sort of discussing what was underway and what you know what got interrupted and yeah. you know, all that. And a- another and thing, Obama set that up. I think that was a new initiative under Obama. Yeah, 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 so, yeah. yeah. Well, after SARS, right? I think right. He, they realized that this is, and then Ebola. It, there's been tests for this, and I I got to say so. I've been I've been thinking. So back in the in the 90s, before I even went to grad school for the history of science and medicine, um, I was really interested in sort of the history of infectious diseases and, and epidemics and whatnot, because I, I, I was interested in social history, and I read uh, Defoe's Journal of the Plague Year and stuff like that. So it's all like, oh, wow, this is amazing. Um, and just so for 25 years, I've been aware that there are potential gaps and deficiencies in our public health network, because we aren't preparing enough for that. And Actually, I just started reading, um, uh, rereading a seminal book, uh, America's Forgotten Pandemic by Alfred Crosby, which is about the now well-known 1918 flu pandemic. Mm. But uh, when he wrote the book in 1976, it, was, it had really faded from popular memory. Uh, and so the thing that really got people, you know, the thing people were thinking about then was the Legionella outbreak. If oh right, that. down in Legionnaire's Philly. disease. Yeah, 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 yeah. Down in Philly. So it's <clears throat> so I I we have a problem of uh, in part people are not uh, we we don't have the systems in place to deal with these problems, and uh, we need to not only uh, bring back what we used to do, we also need to make new changes. So I I think part of why we we have that problem is we don't plan for the future too well and i think that's true of uh, both the government and the people right and i, I think, think it's that sh- lack of planning I, i'd say is really can you say a toilet problem. paper shortage yeah, yeah. <laughs> everywhere yeah well around here and well, nobody really knows why it's it, just that people panicked and then it was well if you're going to be shut in for a month you don't want to run out of toilet paper <laughs> but yeah. who thought that would be an issue really well, that happened last time who I, thought that would be a tissue an issue oh, oh. <laughs> that was a crappy pun i'm but sorry but it's you know of all the things to have a shortage on but it is self-fulfilling when you start to you start to take stuff off the shelves and then well this is a moment where you want stability so you want Mm. maybe somebody like an obama who will give you some reassurance that the government is on it and they're very competent people right during that we talked about the 2008 economic crisis in part because he he was a very competent person and they felt and they made him feel comfortable right he was Mm -hmm. he was a bit detached but he doesn't show emotion so he's calm and stable right especially during that crash during that crash and trump is the opposite of that and in a moment like this i mean his 
talk, or his talk, his speech that he gave from the Oval Office. Oh, just was now? It, does it, yeah. No, it, what, two days ago or oh. whatever? Yeah, because uh, there was one this afternoon, too. Yeah, that was the press conference, but I meant the speech he gave at 9 p.m. on oh, the address. Yeah. The address. Mm. It was just, a, he, he was struggling to read. He wasn't making a lot of sense. It just looked weird and bizarre. There's no confidence coming out of well, that. And, and when the camera crew say, like, okay, you're clear, but he's not clear... And just the way he said, you know, okay. setback is like, yeah, exactly. Like, oh, okay. It just. I missed that. I didn't you know You could that say happened. this is, remember the days of stress tests when, uh, you know, you're, you're going to stress test the banks to yeah. make sure that the, the, oh, the Dodd-Frank yeah. provisions yeah. were actually working. Um, this is a stress test for the ability of his administration, of the, this federal administration to, to handle a crisis. And to be honest, it's, I mean. Even for, uh, uh, you know, I, I caution people, don't sound too gleeful at pointing out, because, you know, if if we fail to do this, people die. It's right. not just a political right. imperative one way or the other. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, uh, but at the same time, you know, proof is in the pudding. To be, I, I've actually been amazed at how the Trump administration has seemed to avoid, seemed to, over the last three years, avoid actually hitting, to use the Titanic metaphor, hitting any icebergs. Now this is a big this well, is a big iceberg. Can I say if this had not happened, let's just say the coronavirus never happened. It stayed in China and they resolved it within weeks. Let's just say. Yeah. Um, I think he'd be for the clear to win in November to win re-election. Stock market is up. A lot of those voters in those states like Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Wisconsin yeah. would say, you know what? He is fighting. He, he changed NAFTA, and he is fighting for us. Look, the stock market's up. My retirement is up, and now we've had this curveball of how you know how does he respond to the coronavirus and what's that what's that is it, doing it, to the market? It, it's a crisis that he didn't cause himself. Yeah, that's so what he's, he's trying to, to explain. <laughs> but I don't think the people, when they see their four hundred one k, no, in, no, in, I, I'm just saying like pretty much everything that's been going wrong. Uh, in his presidency is because of dumb things he's done. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> also, this would be a problem even if he were hyper competent. Yeah. I think, though, his some of the voters in the like middle of the road places out in the Midwest, I could see them swinging to him in November if this crisis had not hit. That's that's what it. So you think okay. it might change the outcome? It, it will. I think it ultimately will change the outcome, especially depending how long this lasts. If we're still talking about this in May or June, yeah, or we, we in will September be. or in September when it comes back, that's even worse for them. If it comes right. back in the fall, all, all hands on deck. Off. What could happen? Also, I, I would like to say, since we were talking about sort of Medicare for all and healthcare policy earlier, this is on the left. There's there's a lot of sort of. Uh, feeling that this is an example of why you need an integrated system of uh, benefits and securities, in, including health care, but not limited to that. In fact, far, um, far... Are you thinking of Katie Porter drilling um, the head of the CDC yesterday or the day before? Partly that, but it's... Because that was, that was amazing, and one of the reasons why she's a hero of mine in Congress. But, like, just she had to pull teeth just to get the guy to say... Yes, I will use my my legal authority to make sure that people will be able to get testing and treatment for free. Right. But now you have like Republicans sounding like social Democrats, like pushing for, uh, you know, universal leave, pushing for flex time for employees. I mean, you know, and that's setting aside the actual, you know, the, the having a system that can absorb the impact of all these sick people. I mean, 
it's it's kind of I think f- from a from a perspective of a Medicare for all advocate as I am, this is kind of an example of why you need a system that is actually you know has some element of um, universal integrated centralized administration at some level um, and why you also need the ancillary benefits that allow people to continue to function and economies to continue functioning at scale when there's a crisis like this and so i mostly agree but let me counter that by arguing what biden and the centrist democrats probably would say is how would you pay for all of that, given that the cost would be over 10 years, it'd be on the government to pay the $25 trillion? Mm-hmm. Or, and, and Bernie tried to explain how he would raise the funds for that, and he got to $15 trillion worth or something like that. Um, so where would you come up with the other 15 to $20 trillion? And he was, he was stuck a little bit, I forgot which debate, in answering that question is, okay, you can make up some... $15 trillion um, in tax hikes, but how do you make up the rest, which comes out to some $10, $15 trillion over 10 years? Mm. And that would fall on the government. Now, look, I believe in it as a right. I'm with you. Uh, I don't know exactly the model that will work, but it seems like you know, where the progressive movement is today is in the single payer, the Canadian model, which still would allow uh, private hospitals, hospitals private, like right. private hospitals, unlike the NHS, which is fully nationalized in Britain, mm-hmm. in Britain. Yeah. yeah. So that's different models of universal health care. Look, I, I'm all for it. I, you know, I don't know enough about the German model, but it, it, to me, that one is a combination of employer based plus a national insurance model. And mm. uh, and I don't know exactly the history of how they built that. Um, but as, it could as, be applicable here, given that 150 million people are already on the employer base. As, as an employer, I, I want us to move away from an employer-based system. <laughs> I, I, it, okay. I, the thing about employer-based, I mean, we could we could spend <laughs> like a million. Sh- healthcare policy is incredibly complicated, and you you raised some good points. Um, the thing, I, the two things I think. You, you have to keep in mind is one, people's taxes are going to have to go up. I agree. What you have to do if you're an advocate is to not shy away from that, but to point out you're not paying deductibles, you're not paying premiums, no co-pays. You, know, no yeah. co-pays. Right. you can actually, you will have a universal network. You're, you know, you're not going to be out of network for a doctor if you ever. Have a sing- ever. Yeah. So it'll also cover but, your teeth and your eyes right. the way that you're. You know, well, I, if Bernie right. got elected, well, some as, other folks wouldn't. As, as I've that. remarked on more than once on this show, as a guy comes from a wealthy family, I buy my insurance on the, the Massachusetts Exchange, and I literally buy the best health care I can afford. And I can, like, the best you can, anyone can buy on that exchange, that's what I buy. It doesn't cover my eyes, it doesn't cover my teeth. Mm-hmm. I still have to make co pays when I go out. Uh, I can still deal with run into problems where things are out of network, you know, like all of those things. And like, I literally can't get better healthcare. Like I can't, <laughs> right. if, if I could pay double and get all of those things taken care of, I would do that. I can afford that. I would do it. And it's not an option. So yeah, I want a, want a one-stop shopping system, you know, and I don't care if it costs 
twice what I'm paying now. You know, I don't care if it costs so cost me as a single dude over a thousand dollars a month. I don't mind if it's also needs tested or whatever, because in the end, it's so much easier. And trust me, when you're really sick, oh, you the last thing you want to do is have to negotiate for work stuff. And look, I'm all for it. Here is, I think, the biggest issue with getting universal coverage. It isn't even the cost. Although I think you're right, Stefana, in terms of the you know premium, uh, the taxes will have to go up on everybody, uh, even the middle class. But yes, you could be saving if your premiums and deductibles go down. But I think the biggest issue is convincing, is convincing the Democrats and a group of Republicans to pass this in the Senate, because this will never mm -hmm. pass the Senate, especially if the Republicans are majority. But even if the Republicans are in a minority and they have 47 or 48 senators, forget about it, because there's just not enough Republicans going to go there and say, yeah, OK, we'll give you eight Republicans to pass the filibuster. No, and without you, that right. going through, without changing the filibuster. No, you, this you, is you all, abolish the filibuster. It, well, it, hold it's, on. It's okay. a thing you got to get rid of. So you do that. That's fine. And you might the pass universal option. health insurance. Just be careful that two years later, when there's an election, that the Republicans don't take over the Senate or or take over the House again, because they have controlled now since George W. Bush. George W. Bush, I believe, had almost six years or four or six years where they controlled all three houses. Mm -hmm. And Donald Trump, when he got elected in 2016, he controlled all three houses. Be careful what we wish for, because if those if those things happen, Look, they will come out if, and they if, will implement really radical laws. If, that if, you're, if your concern is, oh, no, the Republicans will trample all over whatever is in their way to get what they want. They haven't had trample all over the filibuster yet uh, completely, but they will as soon as they need to. Uh, and if you don't believe me, ask Merrick Garland. Well, they they could they could have gotten rid of the filibuster yeah, they during Donald Trump, and he was asking for they it, and they didn't. To. They haven't needed to. Well, they, they could have. It would have been easier to repeal Obamacare. They haven't They would have passed to. other things with the walls. There are many things that Donald Trump would have begged them for to get rid of the filibuster, sure. and, and they, but haven't, they, but they, they haven't pulled they, the trigger. They didn't want to. So okay, yeah, there is there is a cost to that, too, because if the filibuster is this like hallowed institution of the Senate and like everyone would squeal. And I I think the media class would probably this is why I part of why I think they didn't they didn't need to. You're right. But they also there nobody they wants want to, to actually be the one. It's kind of like playing, you know, hot yeah. potato. Nobody wants to be the one who actually get everyone wants to get rid of the filibuster when they're in charge, but nobody actually wants to be the one who does. But why it, don't they just amend you know? it? Why don't they say you need 56 yeah. senators? I mean, that's probably what rules, it's going right? to end up being. You so you, you hit it by degrees. Yeah, yeah. But I degrees. think you're right though that like it needs but, to be moved if, if you're going to pass a bill like this, it needs to be a movement of people doing yeah. it. And I think a public health, again, not hoping for a public health crisis, and I want I don't no, want anybody to it. die. It's, but it, you don't need to hope. It's here. It it's is happening. here. Yeah. But like, I think it will if, help push a lot of people over it, the edge. Th yeah. This may be, maybe the system needs to be revealed. Opinion. Right. It, yeah. the, the flaws of the system need to be revealed before people can are really ready to sign on to a new system. And I think and any real Republicans, Republicans that are younger and that can actually do the math and do the calculations and who own a business will realize in a heartbeat that a, a, a single payer, right? That, you know, like Canada, as you were saying, but where the doctors can work more and make more money and the hospitals can work more and make more money, not an HMO style, 
it makes perfect sense. It yeah. takes it off the businesses. S- small back. and medium business owners, yeah. like, and the that's a Republican gotta, constitutency that I think you can get. Chambers got to get behind it, and they just can't see the forest for the trees, and I don't know why. Well, and there's, uh, we got to wrap up shortly, but another little thing to consider is uh, vaccines in this country. A lot of them aren't very profitable, like flu vaccine and whatnot. Mm. And the vaccine for COVID-19, when it gets developed, which it will at some point, hopefully sooner rather than later, but when it's invented, it's probably going to be a pain in the butt to cultivate and, uh, Mm. you know, not really going to be a long-term profit maker for... They're they're very close because they actually were already working on it. Right. That's why it's close to clinical trials. But for the for-profit industry that that (laughs) controls a lot of medical research in this country, it's like, eh. But I mean, you know, if we have like, if we actually get back to a public model for things like, oh, hey, you know what's really helpful for public health? Vaccines. You know, like, as soon as we stop stop leaving a lot of this medical research to being handled by private for-profit corporations that are only going to pursue what they think they can make money on, then I think we'll, we'll start to see some real changes. So this is an ex- another example of how, like, we need to transform things and why I'm disappointed. Government needs to keep the license to those things because they've developed them all, actually, under right. government grants. So it's <laughs> weird that the that the private entity want both the risk, I mean, want both the reward and none of the risk, which is how it is right mm-hmm. now. Well, that's, so, that's always how it works. I mean, that's yeah. how you also get things like the Deepwater Horizon disaster. Yeah. Yes. Oh. Well, I think just the <laughs> investing in the CDC as well. You know, their budgets have been cut. And can you imagine, mm-hmm. like, right. uh, mm-hmm. where would we be today if their budgets hadn't been cut and had actually been increased? Do you guys right? all trust Tony? Been saying that back Fa- in the 90s. Fauci, do you find him to be one of the more credible people? And he's the head of I uh, haven't made up my control. mind. I, because mostly sure when I've seen him talking, he's been he's been stuck in the same stage with Donald Trump. Yeah, and <laughs> he said the testing, the kit testing, was a mistake. That that was a mistake. Right, but but it's just like anytime somebody's up there, you know, a government employee with Donald Trump, he can't say, "Oh my God, shut up, you you ignoramus," you know. <laughs> so like he's not going to be able to sort of listen careful to him. He says it all the time. Yeah. <laughs> if you listen to what he actually says, he actually is he was very, on with I look forward with to Sanjay it. Gupta and Anderson Cooper on CNN, mm. and uh, I don't know. He sounds credible, but you're right. I, I think he wants this. I think we got to work with him one way or another. Yeah. I mean, no unless you're going to replace the whole apparatus of the CDC in the middle of this, right? Well, and the 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 fellow uh, Katie Porter was grilling in the House hearing the other day. You know, he's like, yeah, absolutely. This is an important thing, and I'm glad you're asking these questions. But still, she he had to sort of get through five minutes of waffling. You know, things he was prohibited from saying. Right. Probably. He had yeah. he, he couldn't just say, yeah, of course, we're going to pay for that. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> what are you kidding? It's a public health crisis. You know? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> anyway, we do need to, to wrap Debate up. Debate Sunday night at eight. Yes. Assuming the president doesn't somehow manage to preempt it. Well, it'll be on the air anyway. Yeah. Yeah. um, Before no audience. With no audience, right. And Tuesday is the primary for Florida and a couple other states. And can I just add, I think, one other thing that hurts Bernie is that he can't actually do any more large-scale rallies. And he used to do those and attract a lot of people. Mm. Yeah, that helps helps boost his thing. That's part of what he's got going for him. So, um, Stefan, last word from you? Nope. Eat more? <sighs> Everyone, just stay safe. Hope I really, seriously, sincerely, I hope I hope yeah. this goes okay, and I hope we don't lose too many people, and that we can get through this all right. Cough into your elbow, people. <laughs> yeah. Wash those hands. Yes, really, seriously, do. Um, yeah, CDC still has some good information. 
Anyway, we do need to wrap up, so we are going to wrap up. So thank you for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio this evening. Uh, we'll be having podcasts of the show uploaded to all the different places in our website later this week. And uh, yeah, we've got Subculture coming up next, so give that a listen. And anyway, thank you for listening to Subculture, uh, Subculture to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio tonight. Uh, we'll be back next week. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.